Well, as you all know, this is the second part of what was started this morning, uh, the second part of a, a uh, discussion concerning the uh, fifth chapter of, uh, or the first chapter of First uh, John. And uh, the particular verse that we're talking about is verse number seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. And again, you can quote that. Uh, Just about every member of the church can quote that. Uh, But what does it mean, and how can we walk in the light? Of course, we said this morning that uh, light has two... uh, Two meanings are generally two meanings. There's several variations of that, but one is the physical light, illumination of the physical realm. The second one is uh, the spiritual meaning of the the word light, as is used in uh, this scripture and other scriptures in the Bible. Many of them. It's uh, illumination of the spiritual aspect of man relative to God's uh, plan of righteousness and faith, of righteousness and goodness. So walking in the light means, uh, in, in summary, live a life of righteousness and goodness. That's the summary of it. And uh, the Bible is full, just full of Scripture uh, instructing us to do that. And uh, the, The mode of uh, discussion this afternoon is basically just reading a lot of those scriptures and maybe comment a little bit about them. But, you know, the scriptures are much better than anybody, including myself for sure, uh, about what God wants us to do. Um, walking in the light or living uh, in the light generally uh, means that we're consumed with an attitude of our mind to do things of light, that we're, we're constantly thinking or we've got into a mode where we, we want to do the things that are of light, uh, not only when we're by ourselves, but especially when we're around someone else. So if we're going to do that, we've got to know what it is. What are these things of light, the things of righteousness and goodness and faith? What are those things? Well, the only way we can know that is through the Word, to study the Word, to see what the Word says about that. Um, And picking out some of the things that the Word says, it's difficult to to not include a whole list. In fact, there is a whole long list of them, but I I have picked out some, starting with the book of Hebrews. Not Hebrews, but Ephesians. Excuse me. Ephesians uh, chapter 4. As a matter of fact, there are several chapters in various books. The whole chapter is about that, uh, that concept, living in the light. Some of them don't mention light, but they mention things of character, things of uh, obedience relative to our life that are 
according to the concept of living a righteous and faithful and uh, good life. So let me read, uh, and it's a long chapter, but oh boy, is it filled with this, uh, this kind of thought. Starting in uh, verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, having an attitude of meekness and kindness and forbearing one another. Uh, and, you know, J.C. always used to say what that means is putting up with one another. Well... And and we need to do that. We need to do that uh, because all of us occasionally will step over a line that we shouldn't step over uh, and 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 act like we shouldn't act. Uh, but that's temporary for for us all. We we don't do that all the time. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon I, he led captivity captive and gave gift unto men, now that he ascended, uh, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same of also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Uh, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. But speaking the truth in love you know, sometimes there are things that that must be said, that must be said, and uh, uh, if you're like me, sometimes you say things out of a, a seemingly the the tone of voice is not what it should be. It's not a tone of love. It's a tone of retribution. But uh, that's not living in the light. Uh, speaking the truth in love, we can say things. Uh, not from a retribution standpoint, but from a, uh, a consideration standpoint. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walked in the vanity of their mind, having the, their understanding darkening, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to, unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off 
concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that it may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye kind one to another, for tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as for as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, a lot said there. But putting away the everyday living of the physical world that we all deal with, we're spiritual beings. And as we thinketh in our heart, so are we. As we speaketh, we speaketh from the heart. So living in the light means to train that heart to want to do the good things of life. And we know no one's good except God. I understand that. But the terminology is live a life that is in harmony with God's word and be tender-hearted to one another. Um, continuing in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So all of those ugly things of character and uh, things that we can do uh, that are not in harmony with God's word are considered darkness. Since we're children of light, we don't need to re revert back to that. For the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. For the fruit of the Spirit is all 
goodness and righteousness and truth. And in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. All of those things are things of light. We need to try to enhance those things in our heart and those things in our dealing with people and in our communication with people. And not only with people, but with ourselves. Uh, when we're by ourselves, the, the things that we think about, the things that we do when we're by ourselves, and what uh, you know, it, one of the easiest things in the world is to judge someone from a standpoint that is not an acceptable level of judgment. You know, judge from a righteous standpoint as opposed to a human standpoint. Uh, we've got to make decisions about people, but keep in mind when making those decisions, we want to see the goodness in them, understanding that there's going to be some badness in all of us. Now, I don't mean to put you in my category, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we may sometimes do things we shouldn't do or say something we shouldn't say, but don't let that become a habit of life. That would be an exception. So we need to consider that when we're dealing with people. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Meaning that you can do those to an extent that there's no end to the extent you can use those characteristics and those character, those elements of character in your life. Uh, you know, some things we're limited about, but those there's no limit to how, how good we could be. And again, I know good is a term for God, but good in this reference is made to uh, for us to consider the things that are pleasing to God as opposed to the things that are not, which are darkness. Second Timothy two four is one that's just uh, um, is a very powerful, very powerful statement in in the book of Second Timothy. Chapter two verse twenty four. Starting in verse twenty three. Well, starting in uh, twenty-two, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And verse twenty-four is the one that's just uh, overpowering here. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. 
apt to teach, patience. But the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Sometimes that's difficult to do, isn't it? That's that's difficult. You know, somebody we're about to pull in a parking place, and uh, we've been waiting there for you know five minutes for this uh, this person that came out from the store and got in their car, and for for some reason it took them five minutes to get it into reverse, get out of that parking place, and we're about to pull into it, and this little thing zips right in front of us and gets to that parking place. Well, it happens. Okay. Uh, we need to let that go. Sometimes it's hard to do. And, you know, people have been murdered in parking places for that. But, you know, that's that's a little thing. You know, you've all, you re- all remember, uh, you know, the saying that went around years ago. Uh, uh, don't fret the little things, and most everything are little things. Isn't that about what that saying was? Well, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. Um, Second or First Peter two eighteen uh, is also one that First uh, Peter two eighteen. Servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. We're to be gentle to all men. This is talking about uh, a someone who has a master. Be gentle. So be subject to your masters with all fear, meaning do what they say. Not only the good and gentle. There are some masters that are really kind to their servants or their employees. Some are not. But this says, but also to the froward. A froward means uh, harsh, basically, harsh, unbending, uh, un- unruly. So when we work for somebody, even if they are ugly and mean, we're to be a good, good employee. And uh, uh, how many of us have been there? How many of us have done that? Uh, there is also uh, a. Uh, an idea relative to our dealing with fellow Christians. Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Uh, when we're dealing with one another, we ought to provoke our brothers and sisters to perform this same kind of attitude, to in, uh, increase their heart with this same kind of love and gentleness and meekness and kindness. And and some versions, I think, use the, the word not provoke, but to spur, meaning, hey, uh, you're my brother or sister in Christ. You need to change that attitude into one that's a lot better than that. Not from an ugly standpoint, but from a loving standpoint. I don't know if you can spur a horse lovingly or not, but uh, uh, I guess you can. Uh, 
provoke and you provoke your horse to do something better <laughs> but uh anyway we need to uh to and 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 when someone tells uh, you know me that hey ron you you need to change your attitude about that i don't need to get mad about it i need to consider it and think yeah you're probably right or she's probably right um Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. This one is just overpowering. It's overpowering. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Don't you like it when you talk to somebody that's just uh, buttery uh, talking, you know, and not overly so, being honest about it. You, know, you never want to talk to somebody that uh, is overpoweringly not honest, just saying it to try to make you feel good. But uh, pleasant words... Uh, Oh, I mean, how can I put this? I have known situations. I have known situations where uh, uh, two people are dealing with one another, and it, it just gets ugly, got ugly. I mean, I'm talking about real situations. Got, got ugly. Both of them got ugly. And the third person stepped in and said, wait, wait just a minute, guys, wait just a minute and sit them down and using pleasant words got the two to be just fine with one another and resolve the issue you know when you're walking down a hall somewhere or even down an aisle or or wherever what do you what what do you think when somebody walks by you with with a frown on their face and and kind of ignores you well you think I don't know about that. But what do you think when somebody approaches and they just have a smile on their face? They look right at you and smile. It's a whole different attitude that you have. And the reverse of that. What about you when you meet someone and you smile? You know what the experience is? That person usually smiles back. Being kind to one another, uh, tender-hearted and soft and gentle with one another. Uh, and the same concept in Proverbs uh, chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And boy, have we seen that. You've, you, well, um, maybe you've experienced it, let me say that. When someone's talking to you, maybe it's an employer, and uh, 
they use some really harsh tones with you, really harsh tones. Oh, well, grievous words. Your response is one of, uh, well, you have, may, may have a lot of response, but uh, uh, it's not pleasant. You don't like it. Uh, but what about when uh, your employee deals with you, even if it's a situation where you might have done something that was a little bit off and maybe a little bit, uh, you should have done it a little bit differently. And they use very soft tone, tone to doing that. Well, you take it a lot more pleasantly, a lot more pleasantly. And even say, well, yeah, probably so. I'll try to do better next time. But if they use a real harsh tone, you'll say, Something that, uh, any, anyway, uh, and I've found that to be true, too, uh, in real-life situations, real-life situations. Uh, I worked in the corporate world for 44 years, and there's a lot of people in the corporate world, as there is anywhere, that uh, don't understand this concept of dealing with people. That is softness and gentleness, and it makes a huge difference when you... Uh, encounter someone or work with someone that has that frame of mind and that tone of voice and so forth. A soft answer turneth away wrath and grievous words stir up anger. And I've known situations where that has happened, that uh, an argument was taking place and it got really ugly and a third party stepped in and uh, settled it down with some soft words. It's amazing how well that works. Living in the light. And this is one that, uh, that you all can, can probably, uh, you, you may have a better understanding of it than I do, uh, although... It, it's it's really where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line in dealing with someone? In Romans chapter twelve, verse eighteen, and you can quote this too. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If it be possible. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If it be possible, you know, God knows that there's some people of darkness out there that no matter what you do, you can't get along with them. Darkness is strong. Darkness is ugly. Darkness is evil. And sometimes you deal with people that's so full of darkness that it's not possible to deal peaceably with them, even though you try. And you have an obligation to try according to everything that we're reading here, living in the light. But even when it comes to a point that you see that you cannot resolve an issue with these people, you still have to respond in love. You can't become a child of darkness to respond to that person of darkness that you're dealing with. And, and and that's a tough one. That is a tough one. But if you mold these things in your heart over time and continue to think about these kind of things, 
as opposed to letting uh, the world enter in and so forth. And I'm not saying that you do. Please don't understand. I don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But uh, uh, we all have to train our consciences and we all have to train our thought process. So when you, when you deal with someone like that, God knows that there are times when, you know, that, that person's going to go away as ugly as they were to begin with. He knows that. Uh, but that don't mean we have to, uh, to throw fuel on the fire of ugliness. Be as kind as you can. Deal, if at all possible, as much as lieth in you, which means there may be a line you've got to draw and step away from it. As much as lieth in you. Where that line comes to, step away from it. Don't enter that field of darkness. Maintain the attitude of light. With all men, meaning the ones that, uh, and of course this is talking about uh, when you enter a situation of ugliness with someone. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Uh, verses uh, 1 through 8. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've escaped that realm of darkness into the field of light. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love or charity. See, all of these things are related to us developing a, a character full of kindness and gentleness to other people, including ourselves. Kindness and gentleness. And, and again, I just picked out some, some scriptures, but there are many more other than these, on what it takes to walk in the light. Walking in the light, again, is living righteously, righteous, with righteousness and goodness kindness and charity and gentleness and love with the people we deal with and sometimes that's difficult to do you know in you know within a home you know we 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 go about our lives and uh, and do things and uh, we we don't pay attention to what we're saying and doing and we really step on our our loved one's feet and sometimes step on their heart when uh, when when we forget to do this And finally, from the master of all teachers, 
And you know who that is? The master of all teachers. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning not a haughty spirit, but a spirit of love and kindness and softness and gentleness and love. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And, and I won't go through each of these and describe what it means. You, you, you've heard this before many, many times about the Beatitudes. But it's all about this concept of kindness and loving and gentleness and sweetness and et cetera. That's all about that kind of an attitude to live in the light. As you, if you walk in the light, and this is walking in the light, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Walking in the light from the master of all teachers. All of those things are centered around an attitude of meekness and kindness and gentleness and love and forgiveness and all, there are many more adjectives to describe that kind of a heart. But developing that kind of a heart and exuding that kind of a heart is walking in the light. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's appropriate at any service to offer the invitation for those that uh, feel like they need to have the prayers of the congregation. And you can do that now if so needed as we stand and sing.